1: Part the
0: of the in between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim.
1: and I'm Christina M.
0: Well, part two, duh.
1: That's right, bringing up the Bring out the French. Yeah, en français. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's good. If you missed episode fifty three, we introduced the idea of the five love languages. Now, this is a very popular. Concept Gary Chapman. Dr. Gary Chapman has I mean, I don't even know how long ago he oh, wrote I'm the first five like love languages. Years. Yeah. And there's so many versions of it for right. for work, for I mean, just it's like a massive empire he has. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then there's one version on children. And we haven't, I mean, it's, it hasn't even been that long that we were really, that we've really been able to dig into the kids version, have we?
1: No, I think we about probably thought about it in the last year or so and then actually read the book a few weeks ago. And we were saying, you know what, even though we completely understand the five love languages in a marriage context it doesn't necessarily translate the way that you would think to raising your children. And so we really do highly recommend grabbing this book because even if you have the five love languages for marriages, just the way that Gary Chapman is able to use examples from Mm -hmm. different people's stories that he's heard or even his own family's stories, it really breaks it down of, okay, what does it mean for a parent to speak their child's primary love language.
0: Precisely. And there are so many parenting books and resources and all of that out there and I don't know about you Christina but for me if there's something that I really want to process and internalize <gasps> mm-hmm. right not just cuz there's so much information. I mean we read a lot of books, we listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, yes, definitely. It's just you're skimming for information. We're just so overloaded in and all and but but for the things that I'm like no, I really need to internalize that. Mm-hmm. Like one time you were listening to Annie Downs, Annie F Downs interviewed Christine Kane. Yes. And there's just a certain like 15 minute segment that I literally on the drive home listened to over and over. Yeah, I texted you. I'm like, baby, (laughs) you
1: need to listen to this. And we'll actually link it to our show notes Mm -hmm. because I think it's a really powerful message. So that's going to be org slash episode 54.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to that, it's okay with the podcast. You know, last week we talked about the first three love languages, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time. And today, we're going to be talking about gifts and acts of service and and this is one of those really important concepts that i think every parent should internalize right so listen to last week's episode if you haven't done so re-listen to today's episode share it with a friend but also pick up a copy of the book right and if you're busy we encourage you to pick up the audio version as well because Mm -hmm. that audio version i mean you can listen to it like the podcast and you can actually grab it for free if you go to audibletrial.com slash in between all you gotta do is sign up for a Uh, a trial membership grab that book for free and and on your way you go
1: exactly i mean honestly if we had time we could unpack even the last few chapters of the book which unfortunately we won't have time but when you pick up the book there's even a chapter of showing five love languages for single parents There's one about discipline. There's another chapter about even they give you a little taste of what the five love languages of marriages would be if you haven't picked up that book. So there's a lot of really good resources at the back as well.
0: All right. So let's get into it. Number four is gifts. So what is this all about?
1: So the giving and receiving of gifts can be a really powerful expression of love, um, especially at the time that they are given and also extending into the later years. So for example... Like I had mentioned in episode 53, I didn't really understand the way that my father was showing me love until many years later when I realized, oh, even though he didn't necessarily know how to say even I love you or to really have enough time to spend with me, he was always giving me gifts. Hmm. And that was really how he was trying to show me that he loved me.
0: So when you think about that because it meant so much to your dad giving those things to you, those Mm -hmm. gifts to you, those really became symbols of love, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they did. I think it took time for me to understand that, though, because for parents to truly speak the love language of gifts... The child has to feel that the parents genuinely care. And so I didn't necessarily get that part right away. But as I read the book and I processed this, now I'm talking, Dean, I'm not talking I was 10 years old reading this. I'm talking about when I was like 18 or 19. Okay. And then I was like, oh, oh, I get it.
0: Yeah, I'm even thinking about this because one of our child loves receiving presents, right? She loves giving. She loves receiving presents. She does. And even today in the afternoon, I was finishing up my book or trying to finish up my book. And she came in and she gave me a little emoji. Yeah. So she drew a picture of me. (laughs) It's cute. I guess I have glasses now with my tongue sticking out. (laughs) And there's a little bubble that says, hi, I'm daddy. Right. And even as I was doing that and I was trying to concentrate and write, I, I took a moment and I just expressed how much I loved it because she took the time into into making that and she took a time into giving it.
1: Right. I got one of those too. So it was a really sweet I think both of us were working today and so yeah. she really <laughs> tried to brighten up our day and show us that she loved us and appreciated us through the giving of gifts. A note to take that Dr. Gary Chapman mentions in the book is that it isn't just enough to buy trinkets for a child that likes and appreciates gifts. Okay. A gift
0: isn't a gift then to them?
1: No, I don't think so. In the sense where like, you know, our daughter was giving us gifts. I don't think we go right away and like go buy her a gift and be like, okay, well, one for one, right? Okay. Okay. No, I think it's important that the child's emotional tank, which we were talking about in episode fifty-three, that it has to be kept being filled in order for the gift to express heartfelt love okay so it is the primary love language is the gifts but also it's important to show other ways of love and affirming your child okay
0: so this has really helped us understand our children at a deeper level right talking about that child of ours that both gave us these emoji bubbles i mean she loves giving and receiving presents right i mean even this one christmas she Uh, I mean, we we came downstairs and found that she wrapped three small little gifts with our names under the tree. Yes,
1: one for you and I and her little sister. And we're not talking like she wasn't like six. She was like, I think, almost three. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even know. Did she know how to spell mommy and daddy? I don't even know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it was so precious to even see her react in that way. And this is the same kid who it's funny, even this last Christmas, 'Cause we take pictures when we're doing our family Christmas right. and then and then after we do our family Christmas, we usually travel either to your side or to my side uh, f- for that. So during our family Christmas, we're giving each other gifts, we're giving children gifts and she's like flipping out every time she Like
1: literally over the top. Like one of those like if, you get a car Yeah, exactly. Car. Or you think like Price is right <laughs> and yeah. they like oh, call yes. you Completely down. Completely like price and is you're right.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like and that was her reaction. Her mind. Almost yeah. to the point where it was like, "Are you faking?" Yes. Are you faking it? Yes. And every other kid, their reaction was nothing compared to that.
1: Exactly. <laughs> we are contrasted. So we they had asked for memory foam pillows mm-hmm. for the longest time, and we're like, "That's kind of like an old person's present, is it not?" <laughs> but that's really what they wanted, and so we got them both mm-hmm. girls memory foam pillows for Christmas. And the one child who loves to receive gifts was like literally freaking out. (laughs) And the other one was like, yay, thank you, mommy and daddy. Cause I mean, she appreciated the gift, but that's not her primary love language.
0: So even thinking about their reactions and comparing it, or not necessarily comparing it, but interpreting it through the lens, seeing it through the lens of the love languages Mm -hmm. really helped us understand that, yeah, they are both, they both really wanted it and they both loved it. I mean, they're using it all the time and and they're always talking about how they love their memory foam (laughs) pillows. But the way that they reacted was really indicative as to what their love languages are.
1: Right. So at first glance we would think that maybe the one who was over the top reacting was just really, really loved it. Or even maybe pretending a little bit of that because it was just so expressive, which Mm -hmm. you're not used to. And the other one you could at first glance think, Oh, maybe she doesn't really like it because she's (laughs) not screaming. She's just smiling politely and saying, thank you, mommy and daddy. And then we're the ones who are like, Hey, can we get a hug? And she's like, Okay, sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, At the same time, I think while we were opening presents, that one was the one who said, hey, can I open my presents on your lap? Yes. Because because her love language is touch.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And so these are the sort of things that you can think about in different situations and get the wheel spinning in your mind. Like, how are my children reacting in different situations to try to find their love language But we'll talk about that more in a little bit.
0: Yeah. So along with giving gifts, it's, you know, we think it's important to distinguish why a gift is given, especially to the child who loves, uh, you know, their love language is receiving gifts and how that changes the feelings behind it.
1: So, for example, if a gift is given because your child acted in a certain way or didn't act in a certain way, let's be honest or because he or she cleaned her room that's not really a gift is it that's kind of like a payment or we're going to use the b-word that's a bribe
0: (laughs) yeah that's a good distinction and
1: we've i mean we've all been there oh of course of course yes
0: yeah so having said that a true gift is not a payment for services right it's not an exchange for good behavior a gift really needs to be an expression of love for the child and needs to be freely given by the parent it's not given for the benefit of the parent but it's given for the benefit of the child
1: oh that's powerful
0: yeah and they'll notice the difference won't they
1: i think we all realize when we're getting a gift because the other person is sort of like a, i'll scratch your back you scratch mine mm. or it's because they genuinely want to show you that they appreciate you are thinking of you and love you so I think along with that, we need to also point out that like everything in life, too much of a good thing can turn into not such a great thing. Mm, so yeah. I think we really need to be careful not to continue to shower our kids with gifts as substitutes for other love languages, like time spent with them or emotional involvement. Oh, that's so good. All of that. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm so busy. I'm so busy i'm coming home from work late every single night mm-hmm. I, I missed your play i missed your recital i missed the daddy daughter dance i missed this so here's a gift oh, oh here's another gift oh here's this and and i mean it it cheapens it it does right and it's like okay yes my love language is receiving gifts but daddy mommy i just really want to spend time with you
1: completely. I think <laughs> <laughs> the like it's sort of an example of this is when you would go away on your business trips, mm-hmm. you would collect these little blue pebbles. <laughs> From the Nashville airport yeah. that would fall on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: prob- I wasn't allowed to go to that area. It was kind of like, oh, they love rocks because I love rocks. And here's
1: a little rock. <laughs> so you would bring, I think probably about four or five times, every yeah. time you would come back, you would bring these little blue rocks. And the first four or five times, like the girls love them. They were like, thank you, daddy, for thinking of us and all of that. And then after when they realized that you continued to have to travel These rocks weren't enough. (laughs) It's true. They didn't want the rocks. No, when you would give them to them, they'd be like, "Thanks, Daddy. Can you come play now?"
0: Exactly. Exactly. So we can't ever use gifts as a substitute for love. No. And there are obviously seasons in life that are going to be busier than others. So that's where, even if you think about last week and in the in the previous weeks, we've talked about this idea of even five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, spending time with your kids. Don't say no because you don't have an hour to play with them. Mm -hmm. Even take five minutes and read a story with them and that's going to mean a lot to them.
1: So Daniel, like we talked about last week, in terms of being able to show these children love in an out-of-a-box way, let's Mm -hmm. do it for gifts as well.
0: Yeah, the first way is to actually give personally made coupons for your child that are good for some of their favorite things. Oh, that's like that's cute. You know, the next time, you know, here's a, here's a coupon, we're going to go shopping together. Oh my goodness, or, imagine doing uh, <laughs> that
1: for our kids for Target. Like you yes. get anything you want at the dollar spot. They would go insane yeah, for that. Yeah,
0: you're right, you're right. Or even like, hey, here's a coupon that you can cash in for 30 more minutes of story reading time oh, together. I would love that as well. Or, you know, you get to choose the dessert after dinner or, you know, just things like that fun little things. Uh it's it's a great it would be a great out of the box gift.
1: Completely. And like we had mentioned in some of those ideas, they may not cost you a penny mm-hmm. or they may cost you a dollar. So it doesn't have to be things that require a lot of money. Precisely. Another idea, and this is what we've done for all three of our kids, is to give each child a song, either one that you've made up or one that's really dear to your heart. And every time you sing it, that reminds them of you. And that reminds you of them.
0: So true. Even hiding a small gift in their lunchbox. It's funny. uh, The child of ours that, you know, gift is her uh, love language. Mm -hmm. She actually one time woke up early in the morning put an apple in my lunchbox, oh. wrote a note, said, I love you, daddy. Here's a snack. And I could not bear to take it out because I don't, I don't eat. It's kind of a funny little quirk. Uh, I don't eat fruit like in full. I always have to cut it up because otherwise my lips flare up and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: you're allergic to stuff touching yeah, your lips.
0: Exactly. So, <laughs>
1: except my lips, baby. <laughs> not allergic oh, to those. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're my gift to you. <laughs> okay, let's stop. <laughs>
0: So she you know, when it, when I came home, I mean I obviously didn't eat it because I didn't bring a knife and mm-hmm. I didn't have time to cut it and all that stuff. And and the moment she saw me, she was like, What did you think of your snack? Did you eat your snack? What did you think? And I, <laughs> I was did like- Did you lie to her? No, I didn't lie to her. Okay. I was like, Oh, thank you so much for the <laughs> snack. I loved that you gave me the snack. <laughs> and she kept on asking if it tasted good and all. And I just kind of Switch the subject <laughs> I didn't want to break her heart right? Of course Yeah so it's course. interesting Because as much as that is her, her receiving love language It seems at the moment To be her giving, giving love language
1: one. Yes And you don't want to crush that at No all. of course not <laughs> Neither do you want to lie to your child. So I think you did a good job balancing that one. The last idea of showing your child love is to create a just-for-them box where your child can keep all their small treasures and things that they enjoy. So like things from birthday cards or feathers Um, or little rocks from the Nashville airport. On a side note, I did this not necessarily knowing all about it, but it was because I was tired of having junk all over the place (laughs) and like wanting to throw things out. And they're like, no, mommy, this means so much to me. So I bought a little box from Target for each of them. Mm -hmm. And they're allowed to fill that box with whatever they want. But as soon as it starts to creep outside of the box, they need to dump everything out and then sort through it and be like, okay, what really is a treasure and what was... Kind of trash that I was too lazy to put in the trash, so it went in my quote-unquote treasure box.
0: That's a great idea. So let's move on to the fifth love language, acts of service.
1: So like we've already discussed, every child will receive love through all of the five love languages, but one will be the primary way that they receive love. So for some children, it's actually acts of service.
0: So what does that look like for a kid?
1: We have to remember that even if a child doesn't have Access service as their primary love language, we need to remember that parenting is service oriented, anyways. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, from the day that they're born, bringing them into the world, you're changing their diaper, you're feeding them, you're clothing them, all of that, till the day that they leave your house, mm-hmm. and probably even beyond that, because yes, you're paying, you're maybe that, yeah. helping pay for college or, you know, helping pay for car insurance, all of that. Those things are access service. So I really appreciated what Dr. Chapman's advice to all parents was. And that is that we must give attention to our own physical and emotional health. Because Mm. we are always giving.
0: Like you said so much of parenting is serving and and our primary motivation we need to remember is not to please them. Oh, yeah. And our primary motivation is not to make sure that they are happy, right? They are not the kings and we are not their little gestures and jesters, not gestures, jesters <laughs> <laughs> or servants, right? So our purpose is to do what is best. We need to try to fill their love tanks. We need to raise them to become adults, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, And and we need to serve our children because we love them, right? Because we want to raise them, because we want to do what is best for them, Uh, but also because our acts of service can teach our children how to serve others as well.
1: So I think those are great points, Daniel. The question I have is that, so if this is my child's primary love language, what should I do and shouldn't do? Because I want to show my child that I love him or her through mm. access service. But at the same time, I don't want to have an 18-year-old who doesn't know how to tie their shoe.
0: Yeah, yeah. A general rule of thumb is basically to do for your children what they cannot do for themselves. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Available wherever books are sold. Oh,
1: okay. What does that look like?
0: So for our four-year-old making his bed for him is an act of service
1: yes because right. i've tried to ask him to do it and he ends up in tears like he can't fluff the duvet in the way yeah. <laughs> that he's supposed to like it gets caught and he gets like hidden under and then he can't breathe then he freaks out <laughs> yes i get it <laughs> so
0: do for him what he cannot do for okay, himself which fluff is that the duvet. <laughs> yes yet he can clean up his own cars now, right. he doesn't like cleaning up his own no. cars. And if all we do is clean it up for him, when he can do that himself, we're not actually serving him well. We're not actually raising him up to be an adult, a future adult well.
1: Right. Yeah. We're raising a little entitled...
0: <laughs> yes, a little entitled dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, but for our eight-year-old um, and also our almost 10-year-old, they know how to make their beds themselves. They do. Right? They know how to fold the laundry themselves. They know how to put their laundry away themselves. I mean, they're even putting the dishes away themselves as well, mm-hmm. right? So with all of that, I mean, that's something where, okay, now they can do this. So what is next, right? What what can we now then do to help raise them up?
1: Well, I think we've lived through this a little bit, haven't we? Mm. <laughs> what are you hinting at, Christina? Yeah. <laughs> may have a personal story or two about acts of service and showing love languages that way, but at the same time, maybe not launching a certain person in a way that they should have been. (laughs) Okay, Am I alluding to something or what? All right. So
0: basically what Christina is talking about is when we were on a mission trip together in mm-hmm. Montreal and it was 3 months and the whole idea was we lived on our own i mean it was what 30 40 students of right. us lived on our own in the dorms and uh, we worked a job and you know there there's just a lot of that that was a part of that so i
1: think you were what 19 20 yeah
0: yeah and up until then my mom my mom my mom loves through gifts and my mom loves through acts of service
1: and she does it very well
0: she does it really well right so mm-hmm so well that i didn't know how to cook i didn't really know how to clean and i didn't know how to live on my own so that that mission trip that we were on in montreal i think it's like the first time i ever grocery shopped by myself as a 19 year old Mm -hmm. now i'd gone to the grocery store a ton of times like a lot of times with my dad and my mom but i didn't ever pick stuff out other than you know the fun cereal or pop tarts or or different things like the that good stuff. <laughs> yeah exactly i never had to buy salad dressing i never had to buy any of the you know lettuce and why why are there so many different types of lettuce anyway like <laughs> exactly. what's the difference
1: yeah. the Romaine, <laughs> exactly iceberg. yeah
0: precisely so even in that i'm still so incredibly grateful and i love my parents and they're actually coming this week to visit us um but even having said all that part of our role as parents right is to do for our children what they cannot do for themselves so as i got older i caught i probably could have learned how to cook i probably yes. could have learned how to shop and how and all to do that. laundry yeah exactly so for you as a parent as you're listening through this i want to challenge you even as we continue on with this what are things that your kids can't do and what are things that they can do that you are doing for them And what does it look like to love them through acts of service in light of all of that?
1: Right. So if our child's love language is acts of service, we need to think about that as they grow older. But it also means that we don't jump at every request that they make. So for example, we were talking about our four-year-old where he wants help cleaning up the cars. And there definitely has been times where we know that he's tired Mm -hmm. or there's literally like 300 cars out. (sighs) Yeah. There have been times and he's just getting super overwhelmed. And so we're like, you know what, buddy, I'll do these cars, you do these cars and we'll help and work together and make it happen. And then there's other times we're like, you know what, we're going to work a little bit on grit. And so you need to keep going yourself. So each request really calls for wisdom and thoughtful and loving response from the parents.
0: And like we said in our last episode, more is caught than taught. We need to demonstrate to our kids what it means to love and serve unconditionally, not just when it's convenient. Or there's something in it for them. So, so one of the best ways to demonstrate um, these acts of service is to really host other people in your home. Oh, yes. Right? I mean, Very that's so important. much better than just saying, hey, kids, today around our dinner table, we're going to talk about what it means to serve other people. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? And, and while conversation is OK, actually doing it is even better. So include your children in ways and ideas of even how to make your guests feel special when they come over.
1: So I love what we've been doing the last few years is we always host Easter dinner For our family, that's what we call them. It's friends that are like family. We have a bunch of friends who don't have family around, so they all come over. And so for the past few years, the girls have actually wanted to host an Easter egg hunt for their friends. And so they get the little eggs, and they don't actually fill them. They hide them all over the place. Everyone brings their Easter baskets. They tell the rules, and then their friends go off and do that. And then they come back in, and they always make a little prize table. So if you bought like... (laughs) So if you found like 10 Easter eggs, you get to pick from this side of the table. If you found 20, you get to pick these ones. And it's all little trinkets that they have collected over the years. Yeah, it's their stuff that they're giving away. Literally collected over the years. It's like (laughs) pencils and erasers and random origami things that they are giving to their friends. So it's really showing them how to be able to serve their friends in a way that shows their friends they love them.
0: Yeah, and this is not something that we told them to do no they anyway, thought they of just, it themselves yeah, exactly and we were like okay yeah let's let's encourage that you know because that's that's them, you know, we're cooking, we're cleaning, we're doing that side of it all, and then they're doing that. so it's it's a great way to learn together.
1: So let's talk about some of the out of the box ways that we can show these children love.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. One of the things that you could do is to wake up early and make a special surprise breakfast for your kids.
1: Okay, I even love that.,
0: <laughs> yes. I'm not a child,
1: and I love when I smell bacon sizzling in the pan.
0: For sure, for sure. And even, yeah, and I'm even thinking yesterday, when you took the all, all of our kids to justice because oh. Adeline wanted to spend her birthday money right. and and Macarius was like, oh, what? Is, this is a girl story. He's I don't like, where are all the boys? Yeah, stores. I wear the cars? <laughs> I want to go see the cars. So uh, in the evening yesterday, I was like, hey, Macarios, let's just go to Target together, just me and you, and let's hang out. And <laughs> I mean, he was like, can we go back again? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, awesome. but it was an act of service, right? I mean, he served his sisters by you know bearing through an hour at justice all the
1: sparkle (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey man
0: I've been there I've been to a lot of those girl stores with my sisters growing up yeah you deserve a target run
1: where you can play Mario Kart
0: oh (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) I think another way to show these children love is to choose one area in which you determine that you will always serve your child above and beyond what is normal so for example maybe If you have hot chocolate once a week in your house, always make sure that there's marshmallows and whipping cream with sprinkles. Like how (laughs) magical is that, right? You will never run out of that. Whenever they ask for hot chocolate, they know that they are going to have these wonderful toppings. Um, Another idea is to make sure that their favorite stuffy or blankie is always ready for them at bed or nap time. So that may take a little bit of planning in terms of when to wash their sheets and stuff, but taking that extra thought to make sure that they have that stuff that makes them feel loved and comfortable will speak volumes to them.
0: So it's worth mentioning again to listen back to episode 53 if you haven't yet done so, because one of the points Uh, That's really important to understand is that, yes, we need to understand and love our kids through their primary love language, but we need to help them understand all five and to grow in understanding all that because that's part of what it means to become an adult as well. So, Christina, what are what are ways that we can help our kids discover what their love language is?
1: Well, Dr. Gary Chapman actually suggests a few methods and we'll go through them one by one. So the first one is to observe how your child expresses love to you and others. So we're talking about that one child who is giving gifts, giving those little emoji bubbles and also going over the top in terms of when she receives gifts.
0: So it's a lot of observation. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you listening to these episodes is huge because being equipped with what the five love languages are... Now you, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, here, here's a pair of glasses. Now watch your kids the way that you watched them before. Yes. Knowing what these five are and then see which one, ones pop up. Mm-hmm. Right. So just there's a lot of observation that needs to happen.
1: A note to make about that is that this point about observing how your child expresses love to you and others is that it's best for children who are between the ages of five and ten.
0: Okay, okay, that's good.
1: So I think we've all been there as teenagers and we're a little bit wiser and a little bit more street smart. There's actually ways that we can kind of manipulate (laughs) ways of getting our parents to give us things because maybe we can say that this is our love language or we can express this as our love language. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I've been there before. Mm -hmm. So I get how sometimes you can just sway your parents' opinions in ways that... Or maybe not the best
0: yeah so if your kids are between the ages of five and ten do a lot of observation and number two listen to what your child requests most often
1: so if your child continually asks you to look at what i'm doing or to join them at playing a game or read them a story or really always wanting your attention they are requesting what quality time
0: and of course all children need attention yes but for the kids who i mean they they receive love through quality time the request for time together is gonna i mean they're gonna ask for that more so than the other kids greatly outnumber exactly the
1: other requests right so number three is to notice what your child most frequently complains about. Okay. So this is similar yeah. to number two, right? But instead of your child making requests, it's what your child is always griping about.
0: Okay. So give me an example of that.
1: So for example, if your child is continually complaining that you work too much or mommy, you don't spend enough time with me, or your child is requesting quality time together through his or her complaint, it may be what? They're asking for quality time, but in an underhanded way.
0: That's true. That's true. Even with Macarius, the times when I work from home, I think he really likes it when I work from home.
1: Yes, he likes but, your presence there. <laughs>
0: yeah, but he's always asking when we can play together. Right, he
1: doesn't like the the <laughs> inaccessibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But the but the you know the last five, ten, fifteen minutes of work when it's like you know the, the sun is going down, mommy's starting to cook, and <laughs> he's like, oh, can we play now? Can we play now? Even today, he was like. Wait, mommy said that there's a there's a long time that we can play together. I was like, yeah, about an hour and a half. We said
1: we could play for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yes, also, you're just blowing his mind here. <laughs> so an occasional complaint about something like, for example, not spending time together doesn't necessarily indicate that that's a child's primary love language. But if the complaints fall into a pattern and it's more of like half of the complaints are pointing towards one love language, then that's probably highly indicative that that is their primary love language.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another way to to discover or to help identify what your children's love languages are or is, is to give them a choice between two options. Right. So lead your child to make choices between two of the love languages. Right. And, and the choices you offer will obviously depend on their age and interests. So for a six year old, for example, you could ask them, hey, would you rather wrestle or do you want to read a story together?
1: You wouldn't ask that to like a 17 year old? <laughs> mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that's you like physical, <laughs> t- physical touch versus quality time. Right. What would they rather choose? But for a 15-year-old or a 17-year-old, you can probably be a little bit more direct.
1: Right. So maybe you could ask, hey, I was just thinking, if you were one day feeling really discouraged and I wanted to build you up or, you know, to make you laugh, which would be more helpful? One, if I sat you down and told you how much I love and appreciate you and then mentioned some of the things that I've really seen that are positive traits in you? Or what if I just simply gave you a hug and said, I am with you? What would you rather choose?
0: Yeah, because that's words of affirmation and physical touch there. Exactly. Yeah. Now, at times, your child may not, <laughs> they might not actually want either option, yeah. right? And they're, and they're going to suggest and something okay. else. Yeah. 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 So make note to those requests since they're going to give you clues as well. They're not going to say, no, 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 mommy, I need gifts. Or my love language is, I mean, they may not have that language, right? Or the ability to express in that way Mm -hmm. so listen to what they're saying and see what which of the five love languages that then fits into
1: right I think another point to make about giving choices is that this will only be helpful if you actually do it enough to show a clear pattern. If you're continuing to ask these things and you can see it, if this is like a once in a month thing that you sort of remember to do, I don't think you're gonna really be able to see a pattern.
0: Okay, so how many times before a pattern emerges then?
1: Well, Dr. Gary Chapman actually says probably about 20 to 30 times before you see a clear pattern emerging. So that could mean, you know, if you think about it, if you take a longitudinal time, Maybe you take a month where you continue to once a day give choices or you can do it during breakfast and dinner Mm -hmm. when y'all are usually around together.
0: Yeah, so those are four ways to discover your children's love language. The fifth way is take the quiz, <laughs> right? So if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 54, we'll actually link there a quiz that older children can go through or you can take the test on behalf of your child trying to picture yourself in their shoes.
1: So there's also a test included at the back of the book called the Love Languages Mystery Game, and that might be helpful as well. That one is supposed to be geared towards kids who are about 8 to 13. And so they are needing the ability to read and to comprehend what they're reading.
0: That's great. And as we come to the end of this episode, before we wrap things up with a few more points, we'd love to know what you thought about these last two episodes, right? We really broke down this book, Five Love Languages for Children, and and we want to know if it was helpful for you right? You can go to InBetween.org. There's a place where you can send a message or on social media, right? At InBetween Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, there's so many ways that you can connect with us, but we would love to just know what you thought about this. And maybe if there are other books that you'd like us to approach in this manner or any other thoughts that you had on improving the show, we would love to hear from you.
1: Exactly. And when you send us a message, we are sure to read every single one.
0: Yeah. It's not our PR agent because we don't have a PR We, are, we, are, so, our yeah, we PR. are our own VR. Yeah, we are our own VR agent.
1: Right. So some final points for us as we wrap up the episode. Uh, as parents, we need to remember that learning the five love languages is a process for everybody. Mm. I don't know about y'all, but I learned about it when, like I was saying, about 18, 19. And so it's been a really big learning curve for us to first find out what our love languages are in receiving and giving and then also be able to look outside of ourselves and see it in our children and in the people that we live, work and play with.
0: Yeah. And let's also remember in your marriage, as you love your spouse and the way that you love your spouse, you love them through all five ways. You do. Right. I mean, yes, there's one way that might be a little bit more dominant than the others, Right. But just because your love language is physical touch doesn't mean I don't do the dishes and do acts of service. Actually, you really like it when I do acts of service. Yes. completely. Right. <laughs> right? And it doesn't mean that I don't give you gifts and it doesn't mean that I don't spend time with you. And Right. So we need to show our children uh, a a clear example of what the five love languages mean what what they look like and you don't have to be like oh kids you see the way that I'm serving your mom this is acts of service okay i mean it's that is <laughs> not yeah Done exactly. for today. <laughs> that's not as important as we are actually showing them what a healthy marriage looks like we are creating the normal right the normal that they're going to exactly. then expect and and want to it will have in their future spouse and we all make mistakes. We do. <laughs> and and there's if you grace. go Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which a few episodes ago we talked about, the year of grace that we're living in. So if there's a lot of mistakes that you've had, and even, you know, I'm thinking times where I've yelled at the girls, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I've yelled at Macario's as much. Uh, but times when I've yelled at the girls and Makar's just like, oh, you know, he's getting all scared. I'm right. like, I'm not angry at you, but right. he, he sees it. Exactly. He hears it. And well, he even thinking of it.
1: times that, you know, you and I have yelled at each other. Yes. Or not yeah. even, we just raised our voices a couple of decibels, but the kids are not used to that. And mm-hmm. so they're all like shaking in their booties. Like, oh goodness, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to mom and dad's marriage? So the fact that we're able to come together, apologize. <laughs> in front of our kids of things that we've done ask for forgiveness and then move on into loving each other the way that we do
0: yeah that's huge that's huge all right well we hope you appreciated the episode we do hope that you would share it with a friend it's super easy to do on your podcasting app you just hit the share button and text or email it, or you can just email or text someone inbetween.org/episode 54. But on episode 55, Christina, what are we going to be talking about?:
1: We're going to be interviewing Scarlett Hiltaevial about how she learned to stop being so afraid of everything.: mm,
0: It was a blast interviewing her. You're going to enjoy it, so we'll catch you guys next week.: This episode was brought to you in part. By the Areopagus podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.